Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world, with the most candid interviews. Like anything else, if you can analyze what caused your error correctly, then you're, you're home free. But if you just kind of, oh, well, I three-putted, well, why did you three-putt? There's a big difference between being 50 foot in the hole because you had a terrible iron, or three-putting from 15 foot, which would really bother me because then it was a speed issue because you didn't roll it close enough to the hole. Taking you beyond the ropes. I'm not sure what was going on. Angel, you all right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you were going to expose me, but I was at Bevmo. Uh, I got a Patron margarita mixer, and I got some kombucha. Theater. Now, I take it that's not all just for tonight. <laughs> Unforgettable stories. Actually, you know, Hogan didn't cut the ball. So when he got rid of the hook and the ball went straight, in Hogan's mind, that was a cut. Times I played with him when he'd say, I kind of fanned that one, I cut that one in there. It didn't cut in my mind, it would have went dead straight. A bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. What is going on, folks? Welcome to the program. Absolute delight to have your company on this Wednesday. We're sitting on the eve of the Wyndham Championship. Now, remember, this is in this crazy year that has been 2020. This is the final regular season event of what was the 2019-2020, albeit abridged, PGA Tour season. Because ever since they started the wraparound season, Dom, do you remember what year the first wraparound season was? Top of my head, it's not coming. Was it 16? I want to say 15. Let me see if I can find the answer to that. I'm not sure off the top of my head. All right, so they started these wraparound seasons, which I love, because what they instead of make, taking those fall events... Back in the day, they used to have these fall events that were at the end of the season after the Tour Championship. And it never made sense to me because you're talking about golf's major league, right? The PGA Tour. We've been doing this show and a yet, long time, Matt, because it's 2013. <laughs> all right, 2013. All right, seven years ago. And they would have these events that they were like, yeah, yeah, all these ones before the Tour Championship are really, really important. Really, really important. But these ones in the fall are important, but not as important as other, other ones. It made no sense to me. Some of the fields were better. The sponsors, the courses, the volunteers, the community support, in some cases, quite a few, they were better. So it just didn't make any sense. And I always liked it, likened it to, say, Major League Baseball, where I was like, would they do that? Would they have a whole series of games? Matchups, you know, travel into cities, all the rest, and they're like, yeah, but these aren't as important. Someone wrote back to me, and they're like, well, they do do that. It's called, you know, spring training. I'm like, well, this, these are not spring training games. These are PGA Tour events. They're not out there practicing. They're competing to get paid, and if they win, they have to their credit, they won a PGA Tour event. So the PGA Tour rectified that. And now the season starts in the fall that's the wraparound and when it first started you know there was still this idea of that well maybe it these events are not treated with the same level and weight of respect i remember when they first came out you know the whole they called it a task force then it was called the committee with the Ryder cup and 
you know, Phil was kind of the the power broker behind the, the scenes. And I remember him saying, well, we, we aren't going to start in a year in which, even though it's in a PGA Tour season like this one, we're not going to give points in those fall events. And, and he didn't know how else to say it. And he said he came out with it, which was unlike Phil, because he normally doesn't say the stuff that would put him into the, you know, the crosshairs of, of critics. And he said, well, because a lot of the big players don't play in those events. And then I remember a lot of other players, I'm talking about tour players that reacted through social media. Uh, gosh, I can't remember who it was. It'll come to me. And he said, oh, so what you're trying to say, Phil, is because you don't play in those events. Remember distinctly, like a, an argument that got played out in social media between tour players. But I don't even think that's the case anymore in terms of big players playing at that time of year. I think everybody has learned, as Dom told us, the first wraparound starting in 13, was that if you get a head start playing in those events... And, you know, I, I again, I always laugh about the, the media people who go, oh, what a huge offseason between the tour championships and the start of the next season. And first of all, I always think, will you please stop whining? You cover golf for a living. There's a heck of a lot worse jobs you can have than, than what you do. So, so please stop trying to elicit any sympathy that you've gone from the tour championship to the first event of the of the the new wraparound season, besides the fact that after Thanksgiving, there's normally a huge break until January. Is are those six weeks not enough? I mean, so I've never understood that, why there's always that smirking and snarkiness about that. Is It just it makes me think, if, dude, if you don't like what you're doing, if, if you don't get enough time off, if those six weeks plus there's a week off in, in – uh, September, that's what, seven weeks, you know, round it up, say eight weeks, because you're not working every week anyway. If two to three months off a year from your regular job is not enough time, go find something else. I don't know what else you're going to find, but that gives you that kind of latitude. But, you know. Matt, I've been meaning to talk to you about winter. Yeah, hey, you're right. <laughs> Just a little more time. We're always so, running out of the playoffs, Matt. I need I need six months off. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, I can give you all the time you want. Anyway, <laughs> so I like the way it works now, and I like the fact that they figured out that, hey, you play in these events and you start to get ahead in these FedEx Cup points, and the FedEx Cup points are important because that's what ultimately determines – they they basically monetize the FedEx Cup points. You don't hear them talking about money lists anymore. They talk about FedEx Cup points. And the reason why they're doing that, Dom, you probably have the values, but the reason why they're doing that is if you don't make it in the top 25 in a normal year, you don't automatically keep your PGA Tour card. You go back down, depending on status, into the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. Some people don't even make it through that, and they go back down into the Corn Ferry Tour. Some people don't make it through that. And they're fighting their way back up to golf's tier again. They're climbing that mountain again. Fingernails in the rocks. It's that tough. It's that hard. Do you have that info down by any chance? I do, Matty. I mean, one of the uh, exciting things about this week at the Wyndham, at least to me, Matt, is the way they've structured the FedEx Cup points makes it 
very volatile. And to me, that's exciting. That's what makes it exciting. As a very specific example, take the winner. The winner gets 500 FedEx Cup points. Now, if you were to look at the FedEx Cup point standings right now, you would see that essentially to get into the Tour Championship and into the top 30, you need to have about 800 FedEx Cup points. That's basically who's sitting inside the top 30 right now, 800 or better. Well, if you look at the winner this week getting 300 or 500, you look down at the people who have 300 points right now, you're talking about Lucas Glover, you're talking about Adam Shank, 110 on the list right now. So anybody inside 110, you go out and you win this event this week, you've just propelled yourself into the Tour Championship. That's a huge deal. And then on the back end of it, if you look at, for example, if you finish fifth or sixth, you get 100, 110 points, FedEx Cup points. The reason that's important and the reason that's valuable is because right now, to get inside the top 125, that number right now is Charles Schwartzel. That number is about 266, 270. Might go up slightly after the, after the tournament's over. But really, think about how many people that brings in to the mix. If you can get inside the top five, the top 10, 80, 100, 150 FedEx Cup points, if you already have 200, it just it rockets you up, up the list. So Who is... Who, who, what do you have in front of you the FedEx Cup points? I'm curious about who. Uh, two things. One, I'm curious about who's at the top of the list, but I'm also curious about the ones fighting to stay in top 125. Whereas you guys know, they're not going to get kicked off the PGA Tour in this COVID year. But if you don't have that top 125, you cannot just decide where you're going to play because you, you start as you diminish in, in that number, your status starts to get weaker and weaker, and it's hard to get into fields even though you have a PGA Tour card. So I'm curious about the kind of, as they call them, the bubble boys. But who's at the top and the bottom? So the top is not surprising, but I'll I'll go through the top ten nonetheless. Yeah. Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa now, Webb Simpson, Bryson DeChambeau, Sunjay M, Patrick Reed. This is in order. Daniel Berger, Rory McIlroy, Brendan Todd, and John Rahm. So those guys have all locked up in the the top ten. They're pretty much in the tour championship. And oh, yeah. uh, although there's been no announcements made, it wouldn't be shocking if they possibly skipped one of the one of the playoff events, especially considering now on the back end of the tour championship, the U.S. Open's right around the corner with this new situation. So there's a lot of golf and not amount of time, not a lot of amount of time. So these guys have to figure out how they're going to do their schedules at the top of this list. Yeah. Now, now the- just for one second, and, and let's pause on this. When they started the FedEx Cup playoffs and the and the FedEx Cup idea of winning the FedEx Cup and the Tour Championship, they've had a Tour Championship. But the reason why they put these whole playoffs together is it keeps the top players playing after what was then the final major of the year, the PGA Championship, when it was in August. That's why they did all this. And look at what what it manifests itself into now. There is not a top player that's not going to play some or all of these events. Like Brooks Kepka, because of his position, he's planning on playing them all. He's playing this week, and he's just going to keep rolling, right? There's already talk that Tiger is going to play straight. Well, what happens if he, if he, if he goes from Northern Trust and just keeps rolling? Will he play right through the Tour Championship and then right up to the U.S. Open? Don't know. With Tiger, you don't know. But that's the kind of talk that's out there about what he likely will do. So that is also in and of itself. All right, Dom, the, the bottom of the table then. Well, one, one more little side note to what you're talking about, Matt. I, and I don't yeah. know, I was not privy back in these days, um, the early parts of our show in 2007, the first FedEx Cup playoffs, 
when Tiger won. But somehow, the tour made it important to Tiger to play and win in this event. And I, at least it's in my huge opinion, money, Matt, Dom. It's, it absolutely made the FedEx Cup playoffs rock-solid ground. You had Tiger win in 07, VJ win in 08, and Tiger win again in 2009. Think about it. Think about Colin Morikawa in 2009 at the age that he was. He looks at that tournament now, and he looks at the Tour Championship and the full playoffs and goes, wow, Tiger's playing these events. He's winning these events. He's now a FedEx Cup champion. I want to be a Masters champion. I want to be a U.S. Open champion. I want to be a FedEx Cup champion, just like Tiger Woods. And that laid the groundwork to what you were just talking about, where Rory just won in 2019. These guys, Justin Thomas, Again, Justin yeah. Rose. I mean, look at this stuff. I mean, these guys, it's very, very important. Um, and it's grown, too. Remember, I don't, I'm not sure how well you remember, Matt, but I do. In, in 2007, 2008, there was so much complaining about the playoffs not working, and they got to fix this, and they got to fix well, that. Well, they it's kept broken. tweaking them. In fairness, they kept tweaking them and, and trying to get the formula right, trying to get the formula right, trying to get the formula right. I'm not 100% sure they have it right with this whole coming in. Instead of with points, you have a 10-shot advantage. I just think that last year they got lucky that it worked out the way that it did, and, and you know that happens. But if you've got somebody that's playing super well – and they come in with a 10-shot advantage, and they continue to play super well, it's going to look ridiculous. But, again, it hasn't happened yet. It only, they've only done this one time, and, and they got lucky with the first one in terms of how it works. So let's, let's see how that goes. And if it doesn't work, I do trust that they're going to continue to tweak it, which is cool. So uh, to the bottom of the list, Matt, um, the 125 obviously get into the Northern Trust. Uh, I'll give you 120 to 125 in order. Right. Tom Lewis, Siwoo Kim, Fabian Gomez, Bo Hogue, Russell Knox and Charles Schwartzel. That's uh, 120 to 125 right now. So they're technically in right now. But remember, I talked about the points distribution this week at the Wyndham. So there is volatility there. Uh, you know, a couple, a couple of those guys have a, have a, you know, a, a poor showing. You miss a cut. Any of these guys that I'm going through next have even, you know, a top 15, a top 20. They're going to fly right up this board. So starting at 126, this is what you're looking at. Bronson Burgoon. This is in order again. These guys are just outside the numbers, so they need pretty yeah. much to make the cut and make some noise. Chase Seifert, Nick Watney, 129, Matt. Zach Johnson, Ooh. Kyle Stanley, Shane Lowry's at 131. Matt Wallace, Rafa Cabrera-Beo, Sergio Garcia's at 134. Jonathan Vegas, 135. And then I'll skip around here and give you some notables. Stuart Sink, 141. Danny Willett, 143. Our friend Peter Malnati, 144. He needs a big week. Our friend Rob Oppenheim, 145, also needs a big week. Uh, former Beyond the Ropes, Brandon Hagee, 150 right now on the list. Further down, let's see, Aaron Badalay, 156. Tyler McCumber, 158. Uh, James Hahn, 165. Peter Uline, 164. So these guys, now that I'm going through, Jason Duffner, 172, he's got to play well. It's, it's as simple as that. <laughs> He does, but but let's underscore again, we're, we're not talking about a regular year where we're having this conversation. We're talking about people losing their status on the PGA Tour and then having conditional status. We're talking, they're all going to keep their cards regardless of where they stand right now, but that number does have bearing in terms of how easy it is for them to get into tournaments, right? I hope that doesn't sound too confusing. All right, so we've got a lot to go through with you today. we got a special guest waiting in the wings that... Uh, I've, Dom's giving me a couple of, of mentions in my headset to make sure we wrap on time in segment one because he is standing by to come on the air with us. This is a young player 
who very well could be another one of those names that, what, six months from now, maybe a year from now, we're looking back on it and saying, hey, remember when we got to know a little bit better? And did you think after that conversation that this person would do great things? Usually we come away from these conversations with the impression that they will. We'll see how that goes tonight. So we're going to be joined by a special guest coming up in just a few minutes. And then later on in the program, uh, I may pick up this this whole idea of the Wyndham Championship and it's significant to everything that we're talking about, as well as I will do this. I'll give you all the air times for what's going on with the golf this week because it's stout, where you can get it, uh, what time it starts tomorrow with the Wyndham Championship and everything else along the way. Now, everything else that you could possibly want to see along the way at Ben Hogan Golf is right there on their website, BenHoganGolf.com. You can see their full line of product, their PTX Pro Perimeter-weighted forged irons are absolute works of art. They're new icon. They're really they're a muscle back iron, but and they're all forged. They're muscle back, but they have like steps on them, so it has this unique look to it, where you can see what they're doing with the weight distribution to make it easier to play. They're packed with technology. They've got all the beauty I'm talking to you about because they're micro manufactured, one at a time, just for you. It's a direct relationship. They're not going to go through a retail, and that's why you're saving a 40%, 50% retail markup on top of all the other virtues, the most of which I think has nothing to do with money. It's got to do with putting clubs in your bag that are from Ben Hogan. It's that special. BenHoganGolf.com. Talking about special, too. In fact, we're giving a set of Ben Hogan uh, PTX Pro irons to everyone that plays golf with us at French Lick uh, coming up in October. But you can get to the French Lick Resort anytime you want in Indiana. FrenchLick.com. Check out everything that they have to offer. Multiple hotels, the new suites, everything. You, you want to bring the kids and the kids want to have fun. There's a kid zone. There's a pizza place. There's a bowling alley. That's in one of the hotels. Plus, there's incredible, world-class, major caliber golf in the variety of Pete Dye and the great Donald Ross. FrenchLick.com for more information on that. You can always get more information on Ireland by logging on to Ireland.com. You've heard the commercial where my friends do the voiceover on it because it is a very special place that I think you all deserve. Everybody's earned it to go to a bucket list special place. It is that unique. Best links golf courses in the world. Ireland.com for more information. When we come back, you're going to get all the information, then some from another young player that I think is ready to make some noise in the world of golf. And incidentally, talking about French Lick, there is an Indiana connection. Does that give you a hint? Stay with us. It's likely that the world's greatest Lynx golf courses will be the reason you will want to plan a trip to Ireland. And with over 400 courses to choose from, you're sure to find whatever you seek. But Ireland is about even more than great golf. In this ancient land, the past works hand in hand with the present. From cultural sites to castle ruins. Stay in a country B&B or a luxury hotel and spa. Enjoy inspiring local culinary choices, a pint and music at a cosy pub. But most of all, enjoy the warmth and hospitality of the Irish people who will make you feel that you haven't travelled from home but have returned to it. Visit Ireland.com to get started. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel where there is something for everyone. 
from Kids Fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, Finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. At FootJoy, they know the swing starts from the ground up, so you can take on those uphill, downhill, and sidehill lies. That's why FJ provides footwear that you need for superior traction and stability on every shot. Whether it's the all-new Pro SL, the hottest shoe on tour, or the max performance of the all-new Tour X, the all-around comfort and performance of FJ Fury, FJ offers a shoe for every player because finding the right shoe for your game matters. Shop now at FootJoy.com. Tour Edge continues their meteoric rise in 2020. Over 90 different tour pros have put Tour Edge into their bag, including staffers Scott McCarron, Tom Lehman, Tim Petrovic, and Duffy Waldorf. Torage makes clubs for every player type, and they set themselves apart with their unprecedented 48-hour delivery on custom-fit orders and by offering a lifetime warranty and by building their clubs in the good old U.S. of A. Visit TourEdge.com to learn more about their new clubs for 2020. TourEdge, pound for pound, nothing comes close. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com Absolute delight to have your company, folks, from wherever around the world you are joining us. Around the world is the exact stage that our next guest very much has been on with his life and with his game. I'm talking about Patrick Rogers, who's playing on the PGA Tour. And when you can say that you're tied with Tiger Woods for a golf record, well, obviously that's saying something about your pedigree. Our next guest is tied with Tiger Woods for the school record in wins at Stanford, both with 11. He was born in Avon, Indiana, a town which is just west of Indianapolis. He showed promise as a young golfer, as, yes, many pros do. He won his first AJGA event in 2009, the Sap Junior Open. He was a two-time Indiana High School state champion in 2009 and 2010, a two-time HP Scholastic All-American in 2009 and 2010, a first-team Rolex Junior All-American in 2009 and 10. So it's not a surprise that as a top-10 Golf Week recruit, he chose Stanford and played on their golf team, obviously, his accolades while there are stout and included three-time first-team All-Pac-12, the 2014 
Jack Nicklaus National Player of the Year Award. Think about that. The 2014 Haskins Award winner. Yup, and the 2014 Ben Hogan Award winner. He was the 2014 Golf Week Player of the Year, being ranked the number one amateur in the world for 16 weeks and, of course, tying a school record for wins with Tiger, as, he, as I mentioned to you. He also was on the United States Palmer Cup team in 2012 and in 2013. He was on the United States Walker Cup team in 2011, 2013. Following the NCAAs, his junior year, Patrick turned pro. That was 2014. Unsurprisingly, it didn't take him long to find his way uh, through with no status on the PGA Tour. He was playing on sponsors' invites. He earned his way to the Corn Ferry Tour finals and gained status for the 2015 Corn Ferry Tour season. It was called Web.com, as you guys know then. In just his second event, he collected his first professional win, and that turned led to a special temporary status on the PGA Tour. I told you it was a fast descent for him. He has since collected three runner-up finishes, a couple of third-place finishes, 13 top 10s, and 155 starts on the PGA Tour. Yet, he's only 28 years old. He's consistently knocking on the door. He has 23% of the time, in fact, a top 25 rate on tour. He's consistently hanging out around the top 10 in strokes gained putting, a pretty good stat indeed. And he's been a winner at every level that he has ever played this game. It's only a matter of time, of course, before we're calling Patrick Rogers also a victor on the PGA Tour. And even with all of that, I've yet to mention perhaps his biggest accomplishment to date, Ivan, a good authority. He and his wife, Jade, are expecting their first child. We welcome Patrick Rogers to the show. Patrick, how are you? Hey, thanks. That was that was quite the introduction. I really appreciate it. A, a really fun trip down memory lane. So thank good. you. I, you're very welcome. We very, very much appreciate you joining us. So how excited are you about becoming a daddy? Yeah, I'm incredibly excited. It's uh it definitely uh, overtakes any any golf accomplishment I could ever have. It's the most important responsibility that uh, that, that I will ever I will ever have. And uh, yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um, I, I don't think uh, my wife and I will be the only quarantine parents this year. <laughs> when when you think about having a dad and, and the way you said it changes priorities, does it for 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 you as a tour pro? Does it lessen the pressure of being out there playing because at the end of the day, it's about that child, not about what you do on the golf course? Or does it increase the pressure of what you do on the golf course because this sense of providing for the family? You know what? It's, that's a great question. Um, I, don't, I lo- don't really look at it as an increase or a decrease in pressure. It's just a, a massive perspective shift. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously my little one isn't around yet, but um, – you know, especially as a golfer playing an individual sport, you're you're kind of naturally and inherently selfish. You have to make a lot of sacrifices uh, to focus on you know what's going to make you better in your game. And and now all of a sudden, you know, I, I have the responsibility of being a, a great husband and a great dad. And so um, I, I think it, like a lot of major changes in your life, and 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 taking you know kind of the next the next steps forward. It just is going to take a lot of time management and, uh, you know, putting my priorities in the right place. But uh, it's definitely a challenge I'm excited for. Very cool. Now, you know, when you talk about challenges, growing up in Indiana, uh, being from Indiana and and playing golf in a a place that has a winter, 
How much did that shape you as a competitor in terms of your ability to lock in when you had the opportunity to lock in and get done the work that you need to to compete? Yeah, I I think growing up in Indiana was a massive help for my golf career. Um, Certainly when I was, when I was growing up, I, I hated the winter months. They were, they were some of my worst times just when I couldn't go out to the golf course. And, um, you know, I I was forced to, to take a break with something that I was, you know, uh, really obsessed with more or less. And, um, but I, I think it made me, a, I think it made me a well-rounded, uh, a well-rounded athlete. I was able to play other sports, um, different, different sports that, that were in season. I, I always played. And so golf was very seasonal for me growing up. Um, and it, it really fueled that passion, um, that, that I had for the game because it, you know, anytime it was, it was taken away from me over the winter when I'd come back in the spring, I just absolutely could not wait. And so, um, I think from an athletic perspective, it was really important, but really just for that, that love and passion for the game. Um, it was huge for my development. When did you know Patrick Rogers that you were destined to be a touring professional? Well, I, I, I don't know if, um, if, if I knew that I was destined, but I, def- I definitely knew that I wanted to, to do that at, at a very, very young age. And I don't even think I really realized it at the time um, until a couple of years ago, my, my parents were moving, uh, moving house um, from the childhood house that I grew up in and were kind of going through some old stuff in the attic and uh, found a school report that I had done when I was, I believe, like eight, nine or ten years old. Um, and you had to write a, a paragraph basically about what you wanted your future to be. And, and it's, I'm sure you got some funny answers asking an eight year old, um, what they wanted to do, but I was really headstrong about what I wanted to be. I, I said that I wanted to be a PGA tour player. I said, which wow. high school I wanted to, wanted to go to and what I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to go to Stanford university. Um, I mean, obviously just to be like tiger, um, and, and so, yeah, I, I sort of apparently formulated a plan when I was a pretty young kid. Um, and it just never felt crazy to me to, to go out and execute that plan and, and be a pro golfer because it's really what I had always dreamt of doing. Out of curiosity, because you, the eight year old Patrick Rogers was dead on in every one of, of his, his, uh, plans that he put down on that pencil and paper. Did it happen to say which major you were going to win? Uh, number one in the world is was is the next step. So I'm still working. <laughs> Good, excellent. In in all seriousness, hey, you're a competitor. You're out there playing, and you're out there moving up the ranks, and you're getting better and better and stronger and stronger. Do you, how strong is your personal convictions, and how excited are you for everything that lies in front of you? Then, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think um, that that's it's one of the the amazing parts. Um, about our job is, is it really, really kind of test your metal, um, through, throughout the course of a career. Um, and of course there's certainly things, you know, that I had wish I had had accomplished up to this point. Um, but I'm really, really kind of proud and, and, and content with the road that I'm on and, and the different, uh, you know, challenges that I've had to face throughout my career and, and basically what's led me to this point. And, um, golf is a really cool game because it's not about really what you've done in the past. It's about what's, you know, what's ahead for you. And I really feel like that road forward is, is full of a lot of great things. And, um, but, but for me, I, I get pretty lost in the process. 
I'm, I'm more obsessed with, with improving and fixing my weaknesses than I am potentially about, about accolades. But of course I'm incredibly competitive and, um, I want to win a, a golf tournament just as badly as, uh, as the guy standing next to me for sure. You heard me mention in, in the bio about how well you're doing in the putting stats. And I'm always curious when, when, when I have an opportunity to speak with a great putter, do you feel in some way, Patrick Rogers, that being a great putter is a gift or is it something that you feel like you developed? I definitely feel like, um, like it's developed and I, I probably have pretty strong opinions uh, really on the development of like skill and talent just in general. Um, I tend to be more on the, the nurture side of, of that equation than nature. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I, I guess I 100% discount genetics or, or, you know, if you want to call it talent or God-given gifts or, or whatever you want to say, but I, I definitely am a massive believer in hard work um, and, and the development of skill. And, and I feel like it, that gives me kind of an empowering feeling um, that I feel like I can improve things and I can get better at things that I want to if I'm able to, to put a plan in place and really execute it. Um, and, and the reality is I, I, I didn't putt phenomenally when I first turned pro. I, I felt like I was always a good putter and it was a strength of mine, um, but it was something that, that I was probably relatively struggling with early in my career. Um, and I just kept trying to improve, kept trying to address the, the areas where I was uncomfortable or the different weaknesses around the greens. And I'm really proud of the consistency that I've had the last four or five years at, at being an elite PGA tour putter. Um, and I think you look at, at the greats of the game, they all have incredible touch and feel and they're really sure of themselves around the hole. And uh, I hope to continue to foster that strength because I feel like, um, you know, I feel like if there's a big putt that I need to make, I feel like I can make it. You just used the phrase uh, foster that strength to to the eye, it looks like fostering strength is something that you've made a part of your lifestyle day in and day out. How important is fitness to you, and has that always been the case? Yeah, I, I, fitness is a huge, a huge component of of being a great golfer, in in my opinion. And I think really that comes from uh, playing a bunch of sports growing up. I, I really don't, never felt like I was a golfer. I felt like I was a an athlete. Um, and obviously you, you watch the example of people like Tiger, uh, people like Gary player, um, people like VJ, uh, that, that I grew up watching play. And, um, obviously they set that, that phenomenal example of, of how to work. And, um, it just never felt like, um, even an, an option to not be part of the puzzle. And so I've, I've always been a person that's that's tried to control the controllables as best as I can. I don't really want to leave any stone unturned in terms of, of being great. At least that's, that's kind of how I rest easy at night, knowing that I've done everything that I could. And, and, and really from a mental perspective, it helps me let, let go of the results, which is one of the biggest challenges as a, as a PGA tour player. But yeah, I just, I try to have as, as uh, balanced of a formula for success as I possibly can. And fitness is a huge part of that. Um, I feel like if I'm in better shape than the, than the next guy, not only can I be great on that day, but uh, most importantly, I can extend my career as long as possible. And so if I can play five or 10 years longer than, than the next guy, then ultimately that that's what success looks like as a professional athlete. 
Excellent. Uh, now, when you talked, you've mentioned a couple of times that as through your formative years that you played multiple sports, uh, have you also maintained a passion for these multiple sports as you've moved on and you, and you live in different places or travel in different places and work in different places? Does your heart, even when it comes to sports, go back to your Indiana roots? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's tough to grow up in Indiana and not have a love for basketball. It's just you know, people like to say it's in our blood. And my dad was a college basketball player. He coached me when I was a kid. All of my closest <laughs> friends are from my, my basketball teams growing up. Um, and so it's that's always going to be a, a huge a huge part of my life and just a huge part of, you know, my memories of being a kid. Um, but I, I, I honestly think that, that playing a bunch of sports, I just can't recommend that enough to, to kids that are growing up and developing their athletic skills I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see a lot of parents or golf parents make is early specialization. Um, I, I think if you look at the, the best athletes of in, in, in their respective sports, um, they all had a pretty balanced athletic upbringing. Um, and like I said, some of my best memories just of being a kid are from playing every sport that I played. And it gives me a, a really strong admiration for other athletes. It, it sort of gives me a, a little bit of a connection for, for how difficult um, some of what some of these other athletes have to go through. Um, and ultimately, I think now looking back, it makes me a much better golfer. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, I, I, I can't recommend that enough to just let kids be kids and play sports and have fun. Obviously, uh, Patrick Rogers, you are a very deep thinker and you tether your thoughts to passion do you consider yourself, would it be fair to say that you're, you're a lifelong learner? And if that is the case, is it just in golf or, or are you, do you like to read or what is it that you fill your mind with? Yeah, I, I definitely would fall into the category of a lifelong learner. I will gladly accept the character characterization of being a nerd. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I'm sure there were times when, when I was growing up that, you know, school didn't feel as important as, as, you know, the sports that I was playing or I was more focused on being a professional golfer than I was being a student. But deep down, I always love to learn. Um, I, for whatever reason, have always been like a super factual guy. Um, yeah. I love nonfiction compared to, to anything, anything fiction or anything that, that is created or made up. Um, I like learning about things that are real. Um, and then with golf being such a passion of mine, I, I love kind of coming at it from a bunch of different angles. I love I love learning about psychology. I love learning about neuroscience. I love learning about anatomy. Um, oh. It's it's yeah. I, I I it's just always been a, a super passionate interest of mine. It feels really easy. Um, it's it's the the kind of stuff that that I end up doing. You know, staying up late at night when I can't sleep. So. It's, uh, yeah, awesome. I, 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 I love to learn. Um, I, I, I think that's, uh, you know, one of the, the best ways to live life is to keep trying to grow and improve. And I give my wife a lot of credit cause she's really fostered that in me as well. Awesome stuff. All right. Here's a question for you then. Patrick Rogers, are UFOs real? <laughs> I go, I like it. We're going, we're going pop quiz. Um, uh -huh. yeah, I, I uh, I think that the the universe is way too big to think that we're the only people on it. 
Um, and so it would not surprise me one bit if there was technology that allowed uh, an alternative life force to come and check in on us every now and then. Now, aside from the transcendental interpretation, my sense is is that Patrick Rogers has done some research in this as well. <laughs> I, I don't. I can't say I've done any research. I have had some interesting conversations with people ah. who are really smart. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, it, it would not surprise me one bit. It, it awesome stuff. It, it's not something that I uh, that I ruminate over, but it, it would not surprise me. There you go. Uh, Patrick, I do want to talk to you about your sponsors because they help you do what you do. And uh, word has it that you have a brand new one. Is it called Movo? Yeah. Yeah. What's it's, up with uh, that? It's a, really, it's a really exciting opportunity. Um, it's it's one of the first first companies that is really in the, the tech space that I've had an opportunity to partner with. Um, and there what you go. Really excite, what really excites me about it is just the culture that they've created there. Um, that, that's what really resonated with me the most. Um, they just create a culture of excellence. Um, it, it, there seemed to be a, a ton of synergy with how they operate. Um, they have such a long-term plan. They want to, uh, they want to have sustained success and, and, um, to, to kind of see that, that culture come to life within an organization that's as big as they are. Um, when, when it's something that I focus on just at a personal level, um, it, I found it really inspiring. And so to, to be able to, to partner with them, the CEO is a Stanford alum. So that, that was really exciting to me. And, um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna be, be proud to wear their logo for sure. That's awesome. And who else have you aligned yourself with? Yeah. One of the, one of my coolest partnerships that, that I've, I've had the opportunity to have is, uh, I represent Charles Schwab. And um, it, it came through a personal relationship, which was um, it, it's just a, an incredible opportunity for me just to, to get to know Mr. Schwab on a personal level. Um, wow. Not many people know he played golf at Stanford um, in, in his time there. He was on the team. So um, he's always had a golf background. And, yeah, we, we partnered at the, the AT&T Pebble Beach event um, a couple of years ago and really just developed a, a personal relationship. and. Um, he reached out to me that wanting to help in any way possible. And, um, you know, next thing you knew, I, I, I have his logo on my bag and it's something that I'm really proud of because it's not just the, the company that, that he's created, but really what he represents as a person. And, um, I, I'm lucky that I can call him a friend and, and I can go to him with anything that I need. And, um, I'm, I'm really fortunate with the way that he and his wife have treated my wife and I, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, golf is an, is an amazing game that it, it, it allows you to kind of relate to people and develop relationships that maybe you otherwise wouldn't. And, um, he, he certainly falls into that category and, and I try to learn from him as much as I can. You, you called him Mr. Schwab just a second ago. Is that what you call him when you were around or, or, cause I've heard people call him Chuck. I, I didn't even know if that, is that actually he what you say? He tells me to call he tells me to call him Chuck. Um, it it still feels feels strange to me to call uh, you know somebody that I respect so much and and who's an elder to me you know by their their nickname. But he's he's never met someone that isn't a friend, and and that just shows you how how familiar he is with everyone. So that that his whole phrase at, at Charles Schwab, talk to Chuck. That's that's definitely a uh, a real thing. That is very cool. Are there any other sponsors you'd like to mention at this time? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate to have Callaway as a partner. Um, they've, I, I have a unique situation in the, the, uh, in the golf equipment space throughout my career. I, I originally partnered with Nike when I was turning pro and, and obviously they, they sort of famously left the golf space in the kind of in the middle of my career. And so mm-hmm. I, I would say I had a pretty unique, um, a unique opportunity and, and all the Nike athletes did, um, to be incredibly open in terms of equipment and really play what we thought was best and, and really be able to try anything. Um, and I have to admit, I, I started that process thinking I was going to play a really mixed bag. And, um, yeah, three or four years ago when I was going through that testing process, I was, I was kind of blown away with how, um, just how through, through the bag golf ball really just as a company, um, I really felt like Callaway was elite and going to give me the opportunity to play my best. Um, and it was surprising to me that that was all under one umbrella, but it, I think that shows what kind of the impressive nature of the company and, and the direction that they're headed. Um, and they've, they've treated me fantastically great products year in and year out. And, um, you know, I, I would never sacrifice anything on equipment and and to feel like I'm playing my best or playing the best year on year. um, It's a great situation to be in. It is indeed. Uh, The last thing I wanted to ask you about today, and I very much appreciate Patrick, how much time you've given us this week, a week in which you're obviously very busy anyway. And that is to, I think that when a, when a positive message is sent forth, especially through a medium like this, that goes around the world that someone somewhere is hearing something that they need to hear. And so the way I would phrase the question for you, if I may, is, and I'm not necessarily maybe maybe the eight-year-old Patrick Rogers that wrote goals down on a piece of paper for that are, that are coming to fruition for, for a life's plan, maybe a little bit older, maybe in high school or maybe just starting college or what have you. But if you could go back 10 years or 15 years and give advice to your young self, what would that advice be? Um. Yeah, that, that's a an absolutely fantastic question, and and I do feel like I'm uh, one of my favorite parts about being a tour player is that I'm in a position where you know people potentially look up to me or look to me as, as an example. Um, you know, I I know that I certainly had tons of them when I was growing up, and and I've I've always tried to emulate people in order to to be my best. Um, but the the thing that I cannot um, hammer home enough is it's it's not about the results. It's not about the, the day-to-day. It's really about the journey to get you there. Um, it's about the relationships that you have with people. Um, and it's so easy as a kid growing up, as a college student, as a college athlete, and even as a professional, to get caught up in, in the, the immediacy of, of the, the results and what's happening right then and now. And it, it it's, it's funny how it, it just always seems bigger and more important than it really is. Um, and it's, it's so much about the journey, the, the road that you took to get there, the people that you met along the way. Um, and the older I get, the better I feel like I understand that. I think anyone struggles with that on a daily basis. I know I find myself reverting back, you know, time and again. Um, but the more that I can keep that perspective in mind, it seems like the happier and more successful uh, I, I seem to be. So um, that's that's always always wants to be my message. That's um, it, for me. It, it just encourages me to learn and grow, be open minded, 
um, and and be kind of just a a lover of the people that you meet along the way. So um, I'm I'm lucky that that we're we're sitting here chatting and we're doing this podcast and um, you know that uh, our paths have crossed and it's it's definitely uh, exciting going forward. Indeed, Patrick Rogers, I can tell you this: on this Fairways of Life show, we've conducted over the years a in excess of 10,000 interviews. And I have, as an author, I also have a particular theory that a champion's mindset, while the recipe varies in terms of the dish that they create, how they approach success is very similar. And, and it, it, that it's, it's owning the space that you're in by not holding on to it too tightly and allowing fluctuation and learning and progression and, and not being too tough on yourself too. You have all of those features. It's fascinating to speak to you. And so while we want you to have wild success for whatever your dreams are and your family and the baby and everything else, it's clear to anyone that takes the time to spend time with you that you have the attributes to fly as high as you want to spread your wings. And we wish you tremendous success with the same. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Wow. Thank you so much. That's, that's really nice of you to say. Um, yeah, like I said, I hope that, that what I do can inspire other people to be the best versions of themselves. Um, I love what, what you do on the show. Um, and I, I'm on, I'm honored to be on. So thank you so much. Very cool. Indeed. I'm sure you agree with me that if you log on to touredge.com, you will think that is very cool because their product line is so big and get this, everything from tour edge carries a lifetime warranty. How much do you have to stand behind your product if it carries a lifetime warranty? And it does. From the best of the best, the Exotics EXS Pro line. In fact, it was just a big thing on social media yesterday because we did a review of that line through Fairways of Life. And in fact, we did it in the new uh, television studio. If you go on to either my Twitter or Tour Edge's Twitter, you can see it for yourself. And you get a chance. If you haven't seen this product, you can actually see it. I think they're going to take the video and put it on their website, too. So it'll give you a chance to actually look at it and, and decide for yourself if it's as as pretty as we think it is or anything that your game needs. Maybe it's a wingman putt or whatever it is. Just log on to touredge.com and you can see it for yourself. Make sure you play the golf ball that's right for your game. BridgestoneGolf.com wants you to be V-fit, V as in video. Get V-fit for the golf ball that's right for you. Uh, maybe it's one of their new Tour B series. They've got the X. They've got the XS, the X and XS series with, with Matt Kuchar and Tiger. You've got the RX series and the RXS. The S stands for spin when you want more spin and more, more control around the greens. So you've got this whole variety. Which one of these are right for you? You can find out. You'll know. And you'll play better because you're playing a ball that's, that's fit for you. Go, uh, Bridgestone Golf. Com. When we come back from this break, uh, we'll get more into the numbers that we were talking about, and we'll have the air times for you. Stay with us. More of the Fairways of Life show on this Wednesday. Wearing the right golf shoe matters. That's why FootJoy offers more styles of shoes for more types of players than anybody else. So you can get matched with the right golf shoe for your game on FootJoy.com with the FJ Shoe Finder. By answering a few short questions, you can find the shoe that fits your playing style and preference. Whether you walk or ride, prefer pleated or spikeless, ultra-stable or flexible. If you need a narrow or wide or extra wide, FootJoy offers the most styles for the most players and can match you with the golf shoe that's right for you. 
Does your golf shoe match your game? Find out with the FJ Shoe Finder. Visit footjoy.com slash shoe finder today. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgetone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products, so I did. I came back and I started playing with the Bridgetone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create to help me win golf tournaments. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. At Ben Hogan Golf, we manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in our small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because we build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. We call it micro-manufacturing, no mass production, and no shortcuts. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about our tour quality products and factory direct prices. It's time for you to discover Streamsong, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. Three internationally acclaimed link style courses by golf architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dope, Bill Core, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before, with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes, towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected. Streamsongresort.com. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. So if you've been with us throughout the course of the show, and please do sign up, subscribe on YouTube. If, if you're new to us, welcome. Love to have your company from wherever around the world you're joining us. And all over the world, you can subscribe on our YouTube page. And that's because I get, to, I get messages mostly on social media where people are saying, what happened with the TV and what's going on with the new studio and all the rest? Just log on there on YouTube. And subscribe to Fairways of Life. Just search Fairways of Life. He'll pull us up. Go to the page and subscribe. And I and I promise you, you're going to know everything that's going on there very soon because we're going to continue to release more and more information so that you guys know our loyal family here. So, you know, one of the things we were talking about was, you know, the points and what it means this week with the Wyndham Championship. And I found a pretty good article in the break there by Rob Bolton. Uh, this is from PGATour.com, the the article is actually titled power rankings It's a regular you know weekly series from Wyndham championship and he writes 
In the void of the annual NCAA basketball tournaments in 2020, sports fans will latch on to the twists at the Wyndham Championship for it's the last term before the FedEx Cup playoffs. It determines who gets into the annual series. Of course, so much more is also at stake at Sedgefield Country Club in Greensboro, North Carolina. Scroll past the projected contenders for a review of the Wyndham rewards, secondary goals within reach. What's different about the course in more than he has power rankings. And he goes from 15, he takes 15 players down to one. And he starts with Maverick McNeely at 15. It has to be uniquely motivational to watch girlfriend Daniel Kane go back-to-back on the LPGA. McNeely has two top tens since the break. Great putter capitalizes on scoring chances. Number 14, Henrik Norlander. Rested since a tie for 23rd to 3 and open. He's on the doorstep of his first playoffs, currently 64th in points, with a summer surge that includes three top 25 slots, 19th in tour in greens and regulation. Number 13, Jim Furyk. He won his PGA Tour Champions debut two weeks ago. His tee to green strength is perfect for Sedgefield. Top tens in the last three visits with 37 rounds contributing. He leads the tour in fairways hit and greens in regulation. Number 12, Patrick Reed. Sedgefield is the site of his breakthrough victory in the PGA Tour in 2013. Top 25s in all three return trips. He's also scattered four top 25s and eight starts since play resumed this summer. Number 11, Chaz Reavy. A forgettable cut made at the PGA is dismissible uh, because it was a major. Three top 25s prior to it for this streaky veteran. He recorded top 10s in his first two trips to Sedgefield in 2009-2011. Number 10, here we go, Brooks Kepka. He wasn't joking. He really is playing out the strings. Six consecutive starts. Only notable resort was a tie, no, result was a tie for second in his title defense at TPC Southwind. Tie for sixth in last Wyndham appearance. That was back in 2015. Ryan Moore turned down a spot in the PGA Championship for a stretch run. Winner in the Wyndham in 2009. Three top 25s here in 2015. Tie for sixth in his last trip in 2018. Tie for 12s in his last two starts this summer. Eighth place, Brendan Todd. Gets another shorter track that allows him to shine, even though it hasn't been in his five previous trips, 2009 to 2016. Hits fairways and he holds putts since travelers. He's five for five with four top 25s. I guess if there's a concern there with Brendan Todd of late, it's the way he's been fading in tournaments as we get deeper into them. Number seven, as you heard Dom talking about in the first segment, Siwoo Kim, who's close to the bubble. Of those in the field, only he and Troy Merritt haven't rested since the hiatus. Kim has ended a long slump by going 7-for-7 with three top 20s. Winner here in 2016, solo fifth last year. Number six, Paul Casey. Only so much one can do, and the co-runner-up at the PGA knew it. The tip of the cap towards Colin Morikawa was entirely warranted. Casey has gone tied for 18, tied third, tied for 13th at Sedgefield since 2014. Number five, Billy Horschel. Playing well, and he owns a strong course history. Preceded by a tie for 43rd at the PGA with a tie for 7th, tie for 13th, tie for 5th burst. Overall, at Sedgefield, he's 7 for 8 with two top 6s and a tie for 11th in 2016. Fourth, Harris English. With five top 10s among 11 top 20s a season, including in each of his last four, it's easy to forget he's on a conditional status. He's 6 for 6 at Sedgefield with a pair of top 15s. Number three. Justin Rose finally recaptured magic with his putter at TPC Harding Park to finish ninth 
his third top 15 since play resumed and only his previous appearance at Sedgefield. He placed fifth in 2009. Number two, Kevin Kistner. He's a South Carolinian through and through, but these are his claims and Sedgefield has been kind. Perfect in five starts, two top 10, solo third, two top 25s in his last four starts in 2020. And number one, Webb Simpson. His superlatives are as strong as anyone anywhere since 2010. He's 10 for 10 with a win in 2011, two seconds and a third among eight top 11s. His scoring average in the last 12 months, 65.25. Are you kidding? All right, so continuing with what Rob has written here. In the season-long Wyndham Rewards, that will conclude this week. The top 10 of the final standings will earn bonus unofficial prize money. All but number one position, which is held by Justin Thomas currently, are, uh, let's see, let's see, as follow. I don't have the list here. I'll have to pull it up for you. As, the, as of uh, when this was written, no, no, Dom, I'm looking for the Wyndham Rewards list. He just said he could get me featured groups. That, that was the list that... It says click here, and it's not clicking. It's not opening for me as I thought it would. Uh, as of the writing of this article, eight of the 29 who have mathematically alive uh, to finish inside the top 10 are scheduled to compete in the Wyndham Championship. As yet, still a mystery. Meanwhile, as detailed back in an April article on this same site by Rob, all the jobs are safe for the 2021 season. That's what we were talking about in the first, pair, in the first uh, segment of the show today. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Because of the pandemic. But qualifying for the playoffs can elevate status for dozens of golfers who currently don't carry status strong enough to advance to the season's playoffs. As a result, the action around the top 25 bubble is much more volatile than it is around the top 10. From Graham McDowell, who's 108th in points, to Rob Oppenheim at 145th, every golfer is committed to the Wyndham Championship. Many more beneath Oppenheim are also in play. For those who finish 125 or excuse me, from 126 to 200 in the FedEx Cup, they will secure eligibility in the 2021 Corn Ferry Tour Finals. With that, you know, obviously they hope to have a, a full season on deck and with all their cards retained. That perk may not seem as critical now, but it will likely matter for a handful then. Sedgefield presents kind of a speed track to the finish line since it began hosting the Wyndham Championship in 2008. It's been the easiest or second easiest par 70 every season but one in 2013. Last year's scoring average was 68.175, and that was actually its record low scoring average. While there is a value in splitting fairways, there's just not enough to penalize wayward shots, so it's a bomb and gouge opportunity for even the through the leaderboards. that They don't always reflect the, the profile in the aggregate because scoring is so low, the objective is hit as many of the champion Bermuda grass greens as possible. And then from there, just trust your putter. He writes, now that's sort of hilarious about believing in oneself to prevail and convert on the many benefits that go with winning. It's that JT Poston, who is defending champion, not only played video game golf, it was cheat code kind. En route to his breakthrough victory in 2019, he raked tie for second in fairways. He had 45 of 56, co-led in greens and regulation, 62 of 72. And paced the field in strokes gained tee to green. Most impressively, he got up and down all 10 times to compete 
complete this tournament in a bogey-free 22 under par, 258. By comparison, Scott Stallings was perfect in scrambling for the week. He went 14 for 14, but he three-putted five times, each resulting in bogey. He finished a tie for 31st. Sedgefield has a new overall yardage for the first time since 2012. It's only a couple of paces longer at 7,131 yards, all four extra yards as a result of a new tee at the par 4 14th hole, which now tips at 505 yards. Greens are dialed to measure 12 on the step meter. The longest rough will top out at a customary 2.5 inches. But it's mid-August in the triad, so don't be surprised only if rain wasn't in the forecast. And while it is, storms could be, you know, fire up with that daytime heating, so they could come in even early. And sticky conditions will absolutely be the constant. Wind, they're saying, will not be a factor. That from Rob Bolton I found on PGATour.com. So, Dom, do you have the Wyndham Resort points by any point chance? I do, yeah. There? Just to give you a little bit deeper of an explanation there, it really what the top ten is is the top ten in the FedEx Cup points. The way The way they've structured it is it's an additional $10 million pot that yep. gets handed out to the top 10 players at the end of the Wyndham, following the Wyndham, in the FedEx Cup standings. So as an example of the payout, last year Brooks Kepka finished as the FedEx Cup number one. He got $2 million of that $10 million pot. John Rahm was 10th. He got $500,000 in addition to everything else. It's like a little bonus money at the end of the regular season. It is a really cool way, I think, just another little reason we were talking earlier about um, – you know, making the FedEx Cup playoffs more important and, and what it takes to make a player who might yeah. be on the fringe play. You know, if you're 15th or 18th in the standings right now and you don't necessarily need to play in the Wyndham, playing in the Wyndham and playing decent can get you in the top 10 and all of a sudden you get a massive, you know, half million dollar extra bonus paycheck just for playing in the Wyndham. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's a good idea and I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's also, you know, they want to make the regular season such that it's important to players. And so, and and it's this same balance you always have with playoffs. Do you make the regular season stand for something like the English Premier League? There is no playoffs. You win the regular season, you won the league. Give them the trophy. Liverpool, congratulations, which was awesome. Or do you make it like a lot of sports where, you know, you have a mediocre season, you squeak into the playoffs and you can win the title? So what the PGA Tour is trying to do is, is to do is they're going to, you know, a, a sponsor in this case, Wyndham, and saying, okay, you're going you're to give a bonus for regular season performance. I, I honestly, as you probably could tell, I haven't paid a great deal of attention to it, and I have I'm not taking anything away from the players. Obviously, it's a rich get richer situation, but it's there for a reason, and I respect the reason why they're doing it, and I also respect that you hand any player a big check and say, hey, you had a great regular season. Congratulations. They're going to be happy to take it. That's fine. All that is fine. All right. In terms of when and where you can get your coverage. Tomorrow morning, coverage of the Wyndham Championship on Thursday starts at 7 a.m. Eastern time for PGA Tour Live. Same time on Friday. 7 a.m. Eastern time. Dom, who are the featured groups for Thursday and Friday? A lot of these names were mentioned in your power rankings, but some of them not. First feature group, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose. Second group, Webb Simpson, Sanjay M., Brendan Todd. Third group, J.T. Poston, Brant Snedeker, Sergio Garcia. Fourth and final featured group, Patrick Reed, Paul Casey, Shane Lowry. Pretty stout 
featured groups, Matt, this week at the Winter. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. So that starts at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning on Thursday on PGA Tour Live, the coverage. The coverage that we have for you on Golf Channel will start at 2 p.m. tomorrow, same time on Friday at 2 p.m. each of those two days. And then the PGA Tour champions, it's a, it's a major for them. The Bridgestone Players Championship. Tomorrow and Friday, the coverage will start at 11 a.m. on Golf Channel. The Ladies Scottish Open, get up with us bright and early, 7 a.m. It's on right. It, it will be on during our broadcast window tomorrow. It'll be on at that time. And that 7 a.m. start will be each day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And the Corn Ferry Tour will also be on tomorrow and Friday, but it will be on later at night at 9 p.m. on Golf Channel, okay? So that's your schedule to get you up to speed and everything that is going on. we got another special guest joining us on tomorrow's show. I'm really looking forward to it. I appreciate Patrick Rogers joining us today. Appreciate your company as ever, folks. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday. If we're spared, we'll be back with you in the morning. Until then, goodbye for now.